0: I'm your host, Aaron Groves, and welcome to the Pop Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Pop Podcast. I hope you all had a fabulous weekend and are gearing up for a new week. I am very excited about this week's guest on the podcast because she allowed me to tap into all things spirituality manifestation. She is an incredible person and she actually was the very first person that I found on social media and YouTube that was an intuitive channel and energy healer. Her name is Christina Rice. That is who is on this podcast this week. And like I just mentioned, she is an intuitive channel, best-selling author and founder of Aha 7D Energy Healing. And she is incredible. She debunks so many things about spirituality, manifestation, exactly how you can start to manifest things in your life. I feel there's a lot of people out there who speak to this, but she does a very incredible job at articulating it in a very simple and tactical way where once you listen to this episode, you'll understand everything to do with quantum physics, how energy works, how can you use energy to heal yourself from within and then everything through manifestation. So we dive super deep. We talk all things ego, getting out of the lack mindset and shifting into abundance. We talk a little bit about manifesting in a soul partner and the relationship that we have with money. So without further ado, let's jump right into the episode with Christina Rice. Super curious About manifestation, I've gotten. I'm a yoga instructor. So I got super into it. And you were actually the very first person, which is why I wanted you on this podcast, to that really opened my eyes to spirituality and the power of energy work. It was, I don't know how I found you or when you came across my Instagram page, but you were the very first person, probably a little over 12 months ago, that I found your content. And after doing a little bit of research, I know that you had a few health and wellness issues that guided you down the path of spirituality. I want you to share a little bit more about what exactly those were and why you turned to functional nutrition and spirituality.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, that's so cool. I'm honored that I nudged you in this direction. So it's never a coincidence. No. And yeah, it just makes, makes me happy hearing that. So thank you. And I, man, I mean, I grew up like not really caring about my health at all ate a standard American diet, didn't really care about exercise. I I played sports, but that was it. Like very mainstream living, uh, which is why it's just so funny that I am the way I am now. Uh, and I it started actually with what well, kind of set the stage was I got a case of chronic mono when I was a senior in high school. And that lasted for two years. And that basically like, that was Epstein-Barr, you know, just brewing. That's like mm-hmm. the underlying my body was, was ready for a tipping point. And about a year after that had settled down a little bit, I went through a really low period in my life. Uh, I was really depressed. I was binge eating. I was having like a lot of physical health issues, like digestive issues, and I just hit a really low point. And then I thought, I'm going to get healthy. So I started learning about health and nutrition. It was really basic. And uh, I, as I started getting better, I kind of realized how bad my problems were. And then I had a trigger event where. I'm essentially, I had some yogurt and uh, I had some froyo in San Diego and it was like overnight, my body just shut down oh. and I stopped digesting food and I lost about 50 pounds in like two to three months, 50 pounds I did not have to lose. Um, I was 70 pounds at my lowest weight and I had to drop out of school. I was going to doctors and in clinical trials nonstop for a while, um, just trying to figure it out and no one could really figure out what's going on. And I was getting really gaslit by a lot of the medical professionals I was working with. It was my whole life. It was a really traumatic time for me uh, and really changed my perspective on my entire life and like what I was living for, who I was living for. That's when I started getting more into mindfulness and meditation and yoga and things like that and i also decided at a certain point like if everybody's going to keep telling me i'm shit out of luck and i'm just going to die and i'm 20 years old like that's just not going to work for me i'm somebody that will not admit defeat i'm like no 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 if there's a will there's a way right and i realized i had to really like fight for myself so I dove deep into the internet and then I started learning about holistic health and the paleo movement and all of these people that had a lot of these really weird symptoms that I was having too. There was a whole world out there of people who had the same story as me and I'm sitting here thinking I'm alone on an island, right? And so thank God for the internet because found found my people. So I started learning as much as I could. I changed my diet. I started supplementing uh, with things I was you know, reading about. I changed a lot of my lifestyle and my body started Working again. And uh, I got to a place where I was like functional at that point. I finally found a functional medicine doctor that was really supportive. He was, he was great and got really helped me from that point. Um, And I got better for a while, which is great. And then, uh, you know, I became a holistic nutritionist. I wanted to help people. I burnt myself out. I went too hard. And at this point, I had found out I had Candida, I had SIBO, I had celiac, I had. Maybe Hashimoto's. Who knows? Uh, things like, like I had all these different autoimmune diseases that had heavy metals. Then I, my health took a took a downward spiral again because I was just doing too much. I burnt myself out, and that is when my doctor, that same doctor, told me that I should go see an intuitive. So I went to see an intuitive my first intuitive ever wow. and she was amazing and i didn't say really anything for 90 minutes she just told me all these things that were very accurate uh and after that it set off this insane curiosity with the s- spiritual space and you know it was interesting cuz at that reading we talked a lot about my health which is why i went there in my business and she kept telling me she's like you're going to do this and i'm like what she's like what i do and i was like what are you talking about i'm like no I'm not <laughs> Uh, and I'm like, do all psychics tell people that they're going to be yeah. a psychic? Uh, and so that was just interesting how that happened. Yeah. Shortly after, I had a dream. Ah, uh, was more like a visitation from an angel that told me to become an energy healer. So I started studying Reiki, and Ooh, okay, I uh, serendipitously met this woman who came in to give me a massage, and then I found out she was a Reiki master. So I asked her if she would be my Reiki master, and I studied with her. Under a spiritual mentorship for about eight months and it was really great and she trained me in my psychic gifts and my energy healing abilities what exactly and as is I, reiki i don't
0: it's a NRP, form of
1: yeah for it's those a form don't of hands-on energy healing so it's okay. basically um it's like classic energy that people think about you hold your hands on or above the client and then channel energy that balances out their chakras balances out their energy body uh so it's an energetic form of healing. Uh, and when I started working with all those modalities, I started getting a lot more answers and I started realizing that what was really working was energy work. And at the same time, I was getting really into neural reprogramming and rewiring the brain. And I started to realize like, when I had all these health issues that kept coming back around, like how many times was I going to do a different version of the same protocol? I had been years at this point of just the same stuff and I still wasn't getting fully better and I'm like there's something deeper and I realized how much my beliefs had to do with this, how much my energy had to do with it, my ch- like trauma um I really had to heal a lot of trauma and it was at this point that I finally got diagnosed with mold illness and Lyme disease and when I got diagnosed with Lyme disease I was kind of like really my tipping point and I thought I have to take one more pill, I'm gonna choke. Like, this is not gonna work. I was so over it at this point. And like lime of all things, just like the cherry on top. So at that point, I was like, I'm not doing, doing this again. I had really been through the ringer and I decided to really keep my like physical support, I would say, minimal, as minimal as possible. I'm like, what is the most effective thing I could do here? Diet, supplements. I got it down to one supplement. And I did a few other things like ozone, and but my main modality was energy work and neural reprogramming, working my brain and my energy body. And I was really focused on that. And within about a, a, about six months, I was good. I was good to go. Um, so it was through that personal experience that I really like really felt the power of of energy work, and I started incorporating that with my work with clients who were coming to me. And I was working at the time. As a holistic nutritionist with like people with chronic illness, but really the mystery mm-hmm. cases. So, the people coming to me were people who had seen the best of the best. These people are really well read, well studied, and they're coming to me. And I'm like, I don't know anything more than you know. But what I can help you with, you know, is let's like go this other route because you've already tried all of the standard routes. So, the more I started doing the energy work and um, going off of my intuition versus like what I was trained in, to be honest, and working with the brain, people were healing really, really quickly. And I kind of started to build a reputation as that person. So the more and more people were coming in, some people like people would fly in to, to see me. Um, and that's where I was like, this is like legit miracles happen in my practice every day. And so that is what made that so important to me over time. I started, I switched over into business coaching, um, because it just kind of naturally morphed into that. People were asking me how I had built my practice and at such a young age, and it was very successful. And so I switched into business coaching. And then after a while, I was like, I'm just going to go all into spirituality. And so here we are.
0: What's the synergy between the holistic nutrition? I'm super passionate about this. And the energy work for those who are unfamiliar with what energy work is and how those two work together to bring about the healing and prosperity that you're alluding to and what you do?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, they go hand in hand, right? Because everything yeah. is energy. So, food is energy. And so, every 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 food has a frequency, right? There are high-frequency foods and lower-frequency foods. So part of but part of that vibration, that energy of it is, is how it interacts with our bodies, right? So it's like, if I need more grounding, I can use I can use food to ground me into my body. I can use root vegetables. I can use animal proteins to ground myself into my body, right? So we can use food as a lever to pull to balance out our energy body. If you think about energy very basically with the seven main chakras that a lot of us know about, that the chakras are the main energy centers in the body each chakra has a color associated with it. Color is frequency. You can use a color of a food. You can consume that food to balance that chakra, right? So if my throat chakra is really out of balance, that's blue. If I'm like having trouble expressing my truth, if I'm dealing with um, a thyroid issue, for example, that's all throats. Okay. Let me eat some more blue foods. Let me get the frequency of blue into my life. Let me have some blue crystals. I mean, wear a blue shirt. Like, let me just get that vibration in, into my environment and I know for a lot of people that might sound like, how does that do anything? Everything is frequency. We Mm -hmm. have an aura that we are emitting out at all times, as is everyone else. And we're always like mixing up those energies. So we are affected by that vibrationally. If you put somebody and just imagine this, like, let's say you sat in a room that was completely blue, like every single object in there is blue, bright blue. All right. And you sat in it for like 10 minutes and you notice how you started to feel. And then you walked across the hall and you sat in a room that was completely black. Everything was black. You notice how you feel. And then you walk across, you know, the hall and you go into a room where everything is yellow and you sit there in the yellow room. It's like you would feel different, yeah. would you not? Right? Like that's affecting your or mm-hmm. you're picking up on that frequency. So and we know this with like color psychology. It really is all linked up with psychology. McDonald's. Right? But yeah,
0: totally. Right. They do that intentionally. <laughs> yeah. They do that to like write yellow and red, create some yeah. sort of Reaction, like marketing. Yeah, I, I learned about that not that long ago.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, it's not just McDonald's; it's every Everyone. major company, right? Yeah. Everything is very intentional. You know, I a lot of my close friends and my clients are uh founders of different like DDC companies, and I I'll ask them, you know, why did you like why those colors? Why did you name it this? Why the look It's all psychological. It's all like, how is that making us feel? And there's there's an energetic to that. It's the same thing. It's just a different way of of viewing it, right? But with food. If you think about just everything that's going in and on your body, the cleaner that is, like it's like, you know, your car can run cleaner when you have some nice, clean gasoline running through it. And so I think of food as a form of energy work. It's a lever that we can pull, it's a way we can balance our energy body. It's also a way that people can get out of alignment. Like if you're consuming a lot of, processed foods if you're consuming a lot of alcohol like if you are like things like that are going to lower your vibration and they're going to affect your aura and affect the way that you feel. And so there's a lot of different ways we can we can look at it. Um but for for me I feel like food and energy work go so hand in hand. Like mm-hmm. for me I feel like my background working nutrition was so foundational to really understand what I'm doing as an energy healer and intuitive now. Uh so I'm really glad I have that background.
0: What's the most important thing for people that are new to spirituality and energy work in general what's the most important thing that you want them to know about energy in general whether that's in the work that you do or just very broadly
1: the most important thing is that literally everything is energy and energy is meant to move nothing is stagnant in life like like we have the seasons we have cycles all every object in your home that you think is solid is actually not solid, right? It's all different vibrating molecules at a different density. We learn this in science class. And so the nature of energy to move and what that means is if there's anything in your life that you're not happy with, that's not making you feel good, that it can shift. Not only can it shift, it's actually meant to shift. So it's actually easier for us to be in cycles and, and change mm-hmm. than it is to try and stay stagnant. That's not the the way that nature works. And so I say that because and it's funny because I had just recorded a podcast earlier related to this. I see some people relating to spirituality in a way where they're really disempowering themselves. The point of of understanding that everything is energy and for me, like why I love spirituality is because it allowed me to take my power back. It allowed me to get out of victim mindset because I realized everything is energy and I can move that energy. I'm in control of that energy. And so if I want to create more money in my life, I can shift energy, right? If I want to heal my body, I can shift some energy. If I want to attract in my divine life partner, if I want to meet somebody really cool and date them, like I can shift that. If I want to manifest in my dream house, I can add energetic momentum in a specific way so that I'm more likely to attract that in. So for me, it felt like the math equation I had been looking for my entire life of how does the world work? Like this is, because it can't all be random and it's not all random. No. Everything is code, everything is energy. And when you understand how energy flows and how it works, when you understand manifestation, really, and not the fluffy, like I'm gonna sit on a pillow and wish for something that's not <laughs> manifestation. It's, yeah. it's understanding how energy moves in the universe. And when you understand that, now you actually have more control because now you can actually add vibrational momentum in the direction that you want rather than what you don't want. And what people don't realize is that you're always manifesting, you're always attracting. That's just how things move in the universe. It's based on vibrational resonance. And so you might as well be doing that consciously versus just keep attracting in things randomly, right? If you were intentional about every single thing you attracted into your life, if you're intentional about your frequency, imagine all the high frequency things that would naturally just come your way. And so I think most people are walking around blind to be honest and that's why i get so amped up about this because it's like when i first when i understood how energy worked in the universe and i realized how much power i had it was like i could see for the first time and i realized how i could actually create a reality i wanted and that's a very tangible a very tangible thing and it works it works it's not random anymore it's not up to luck or maybe this will happen it's like i'm deciding this is the timeline i'm anchoring into and i can create that
0: You mentioned something that I want you to touch on a little bit before we get into manifestation because I've mentioned manifestation on this podcast, and I think there's a lot of things that you alluded to. Let's sit down, wish for it, and not take any action. Like we'll debunk that. But you said that spirituality can, a lot of people view it as disempowering. What did you mean by that? What are people doing that is counterintuitive to what spirituality really is?
1: I don't think a lot of this is intentional. I think there's a few things. I think in some there's a spiritual bypassing that happens. It's like not feeling your emotions or not on mm-hmm. like gaslighting yourself essentially and and being like, Well, it's all for me. Like it's like, okay, it can be for you and you can be fucking pissed off like it can be both yeah. right <laughs> and i think a lot of people suppress their emotions cuz they're like oh well you know it's just everyone's love and you know god's help whatever it is it's like you can feel a, ne- a low frequency emotion and and also understand that that experience happened for you and that person isn't a horrible evil person like you could you can feel all of that it's all yeah. valid right so i think that is is one space where people don't let themselves feel their emotions i think another thing is blaming blaming energy. Oh, I'm an empath. So I can't go out. Oh, that's for my past life. I just, ha- I just do that because of past- my past life when this happened to me. So I just mm-hmm. have that pattern. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs>
0: that's like victim mindset. Yeah. That yeah, doesn't seem right. Okay, it's just yeah. like
1: a spiritual version of a victim mindset Um, or, or this being so detached as a way to hide from making choices. So I have seen this so many times where people will be, it's, I'm just, whatever the universe sends me, I'm good. I'm in surrender. I'm detached. I'm like, are you detached? Or do you just just not want to make a decision because you're afraid, right? And the thing is, we have to remember that we are co-creating. So it's not like, you know, the universe just is telling me what to do. And I'm just a little robot and doing, it's like, it's a co-creation. I'm working, I'm working with my spirit guides. I'm working with the universe to co-create what I desire. You know, just like if I have a group project in anything, we're working together. together, Right. And that's that's a key thing. So I, I see that a lot with the detachment and the surrender where people say that's that's the energy they're in. And I'm like, you're actually just afraid to make a decision. You're actually just leaning back a little too far. And that's often when people's lives don't move. Like you have to make decisions to shift energy. That's how you move energy is you make a decision. And so if you're sitting there like, I'm just gonna see what the universe sends me, depending on like kind of what's happened before, that, that can work in certain situations if if you've made no decision about like what you're aligning with what what emotion what frequency what reality like what what your desire is if you haven't aligned with anything then no energy is going to nothing's going to move in your life and you're just going to feel stuck and so for a lot of people when they feel stuck i'm like what have you not decided what yeah. decision are you are you avoiding how do you so,
0: know the difference between surrender and trusting mm. in a plan and detachment mm so
1: they're connected, right? Detachment to me would feel like I desire this, but if, it com- if, if something better comes in, I'm available for that. Like I understand that something better could come in, which very much overlaps with surrender, right? Det- detachment is whether or not this occurs, that's not going to affect how happy I am. Okay. Right? That's the detachment versus like if i'm attached to something happening i need this to happen or i'm going to think i'm a failure i'm not going to feel good enough i'm not going to be happy like i'm attached to it mm-hmm. i need that timeline i need that thing to manifest exactly the way i want it to versus detachment is like i desire that but if it doesn't happen that's literally not going to affect me negatively at all do you, do you feel that that energy behind that with detachment
0: i th- this is something that i've worked on in my own life and i'll give a real life example so i've done some of like your manifestation and we can walk through what exactly manifestation is. But for me, I think I attach too much to the when and the how of an outcome. And I know that everything happens for a reason. And so I asked that question because I didn't know if there's a difference between surrendering and allowing things to come. Because I can tend to be, I'm a very much of a fire sign. So I try to control things or like push and push. But what I've noticed is that you can't force anything, obviously, mm-hmm. like you can't force something to happen. And so for me, it's understanding if I'm really just surrendering to like my highest good or if I'm actually like forcing and kind of like detaching and not making a decision at all. So I think for me, I just don't really know what that is. For an example, like, you know, I want to I'll use podcast like I want to take this job this full time. And so it's like I'm I'm super attached to an outcome and when it doesn't come to fruition I'm like, well, what the heck, what the heck, what the heck? When in reality mm-hmm. I'm like maybe I just need to surrender and allow things to come my way if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, totally. And that's why they're connected, right? So it's like the detachment, okay, attachment. It's easier to understand like what attachment is because the detachment is basically not doing that. Yeah. So the attachment is when we are wanting something from our ego. So it's like my identity is attached. Like I need this. It's an energy like I need this to happen versus a a soul desire. Like that's a healthy want. Okay. So I think about like ego want versus soul desire. It's like, I desire this thing, but I'm not so attached to it that like my sense of self or my sense of self-worth is going to be affected if it doesn't happen in that way. Right? Like there's a very different relationship with the thing. So we're looking about the relationship with the thing that you want. Like, do I need it to happen this way, this time, no matter what? Right. And it, there's kind of like this urgent, needy, clingy mm-hmm. energy when you're attached versus when you're detached. It's like, I desire that, but like, I'm not needy. I'm not clingy. I'm not like codependent with that thing happening. Right. Okay. That makes um, more sense. So, yeah. So that's, that's the piece with detachment. It's an, it's an energy and you can tell by the way, somebody talks about something right like if they're really attached to it happening it's like i have to have this happen uh because what's what's it going to get me like what is the, what's the reason why you want it it was where we can really go to figure out uh how well it's going to work out or if it's really in alignment if it's a want from your ego versus a desire from your soul like
0: explain if, the difference if, what how do you so know if it's something from your ego versus something from your soul when it's from your ego it's because it's like
1: attached to something that's going to like make you feel better about yourself. Like I'm going to be worthy. I'm going to be loved. People are going to think I'm successful. Like there's a sense of I'm getting a sense of self worth or validation from from that thing. Or I think okay. that if I don't get this, I'm not good enough. Right. Like, why why do I want the thing? It's from jealousy. It's from comparison. It's from, it has a low lower frequency. Uh, the why. So it's asking yourself like why do I want this? Versus like the soul desire. It's like I don't have some other agenda. It's not going to get me anything other than happiness. Like it's, it feels like happiness. It feels like I'm excited about it. I'm illuminated by it. Right. So there's like a different feeling in your body around it. Um, That's the difference between the two. One will feel like more of a divine inspiration. I'm pulled in this direction. Like it feels more like flow. The other is like, I need this to happen. Right. Like I, it's the difference between between I need this person to be my husband. I'm manifesting they're, they're my husband. They have to be my husband. If that person's not my husband, then I'm going to be screwed. I'm never <laughs> going to find another guy. Like, it's like, holy shit, really? That's so yeah. in scarcity, right? The, yeah. the want from the ego is in scarcity mindset. Like that's the energy. It's super scarce. It's like, there's not enough to go around. I'm freaking out. It's fear-based, fear-based. Fear-based scarcity mindset is your ego. Your soul is love from love, seeing from love. Right, coming from love for yourself and other people, it's abundance mindset. It's coming from abundance, right? Versus like I'm desiring to call in my my divine life partner, the person that can meet me and match me where I'm at, who can expand me where we're supportive and loving, like, and I'm getting excited about that feeling, and I'm opening, I'm opening up, I'm in surrender to how the universe wants to deliver that, and, and who, who it is. Versus I'm attached to it being this one person. What if that person sucks? What if yeah. that person's horrible? You never know, right? Yeah. So I think about, and that's something I always ask myself, like questions, the right question gives you the right answer. You don't need to worry about the answer. You need to worry about what's a better question. I'm really into questions, right? So the better question- Give an example question, of a really
0: good, of a better question that you would ask yourself.
1: The question I ask myself all the time is, is this from scarcity mindset or abundance mindset? Is this from love or fear? Anytime I'm making any decision, am I deciding this or thinking about this in, from a fear-based mindset? Right. If it's like, why am I saying no to that investment I wanna make? Is it from scarcity? Is it from fear? Or is it from love and abundance?
0: How right? do you shift like that from lack to abundance. This is something that I'm working on in my own personal practice. So I always am all ears for this. But I think there's a lot of people that live in lack, especially around money. It's scarcity. I think our society teaches you that there's not enough. And so you hold on to things and you cling to things. But for me, really opening up and recognizing that there is enough. So how can someone actively do this now through energy work or what advice would you give for them?
1: Yeah. I mean, the first step is you got to realize all the places that you are in scarcity right so first understanding what scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset is scarcity mindset being there's not enough to go around right if i it's like fomo energy right if I miss out on this opportunity I won't get another one right um war isn't going to come to me money is hard to get so you can look at our relationship with money for sure and that's going to mirror all different types of relationships in our lives but scarcity mindset comes out in friendships as well like oh my god if I don't go to that event I'm going to be irrelevant Right. Or if this relationship doesn't work out, am I ever going to find somebody else? Like, scarce, uh, jealousy, jealousy, and being competitive. If you are, if you have jealousy come up, that comes up for you, you're in scarcity mindset. Just FYI. Right. So, jealousy is a big one for scarcity because it's like, why do you feel jealous versus inspired? Abundance mindset is realizing if that's possible for that person, that's also possible for me. I love that. I want to get in their energy field. I want to learn from that. I want to be in that frequency to get more of that versus if I'm jealous, it's because there's something within me that feels like if they have that, I can't have it too. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to push it away. I'm going to be jealous. Why you? I mean, why not? Why not both of us? Right? So when we're in abundance mindset, we understand that there's enough, there's more than enough to go around that. We have limited, uh, unlimited, unlimited opportunities for abundance. The universe is always providing. Right, there's more than enough space for everybody. More opportunities are always coming our way. If it's not this, it's something better. Like that is abundance mindset. So we first have to realize like, what that really is, and then you start to, you start to recognize where you're living from those energies. So I would start with money first. I mean, it's such a, it, like. I wish I could tell you one thing to switch. Like this is a process. And I think what people yeah. don't realize about transformation, energy work, like this isn't a, a a one-time thing. Like it's it's a commitment to living differently. Transformation mm. doesn't happen overnight, right? And people will treat energy work like it's going to the emergency room. No, 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 no. Oh, like yeah. this is a, it's a lifestyle. Like you want to be a powerful manifester. You want to get to the root of your limiting beliefs. Like that is a lifestyle choice. Like you are choosing to commit to over the next t- the rest of your life, right? Realize what you're telling yourself and actively start to shift that because limiting beliefs, they keep showing up over time, right? It's not like I'm going to sit here and figure out every single limiting belief I have that's blocking me. Like It's just not going to happen. It's a process as different experiences come up throughout life, as we get called up, as we enter new phases, different things situations bring out different things within us. So over time, we realize, oh, whoa, why do I believe that I can't be supported? Oh, whoa, why do I believe I'm not worthy of that amount of money? Oh, whoa, this is coming up in romantic relationships. Like You allow it to come up as it does throughout your life, and then you start to shift that when it does come up, right? So you start to work with that belief. You first have to recognize what we're telling ourselves, and then we need to give ourselves an opportunity to shift it. So you work with it, and you ask yourself, is that really true? Why do I believe that true who Who did I get that from? Was it from mom? Was it from dad? Was it from that kid on the playground? Was it from that girl at school? Was it from that that person I dated? Like did I get it from media? Like is that really true though? And does it have to be true? And if I don't like that belief, if it's not serving me anymore, then what's the belief that I do want? What do I want to replace it with? So I'm a big believer in like crowding out. I think a lot of people spend a lot of time trying to figure out what to get rid of, and it's like, what if you just picked what you like, like what you want and you just inundated yourself with that energy, right? If you are like flooding yourself with messages that you are abundant, you are worthy, and you're Mm -hmm. so focused on that, all of the other stuff has to get out of there. (laughs) Like there's not enough room. It's like flushing your system. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's like, if you have this belief that comes up of like, um, I'm ugly, Right. It's like, oh, cancel. No, thank you. No, thank you. That's actually not true. I'm just going to talk to myself. It's actually not true. Actually, what is true is I'm beautiful. I'm beautiful. I'm beautiful. I'm going to dance around. I'm beautiful. Right. And here's all the evidence I have that I'm beautiful. And give yourself as much evidence as possible. Right. So you got to tell your brain every single day, you got to tell your whole energy body, no, 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 no. Right. So th- this is the true thing now. And if you think about how long it took us to ingrain in those beliefs, if you think you're going to shift the belief in like one second, you're fooling yourself, right? If you've been living with that belief for 30 years and you think that, uh, you know, three months is too long to shift a belief, then you don't want transformation. You don't want transformation, right? So you have to be committed to, Thinking about what you're thinking about, being honest with yourself, doing that personal work, that self-exploration, allowing like journaling is my number one thing for sure for mm-hmm. people. I think that journaling is so important. That's where you can really get a lot of that subconscious stuff out. And I'm a big fan of writing letters. It's just, it's where I do so much of my own personal work and you can really be your own coach and own healer when you journal it out and write it out and work with those different questions. Um And that's where you realize a lot of your limiting beliefs. Like I I do this all the time where I would just write about things. I will write a letter to people or things or situations. And then I read it back and I'm like, whoa, that's a weird thing I just said there. Uh, Like, do I really believe that? Right. I'm like, why I'm like writing to, I don't know. It could be like money. And you're like, why do you never show up for me? Every every time they want to get you, you just leave. And I'm like, whoa,
0: who does (laughs) that remind me of? There's There's that clingy attachment energy to, or like (laughs) it's that like neediness, which is almost pushing it away. Correct.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Adding a lot of resistance. Right. But if we want to attract something in, or we want to create something and we have all of these, like this negative energy around it, Mm -hmm. then why would it come to us? And I, I mean, I love talking about money because it's, it's relevant for everybody. And it's money is the thing everyone likes to blame. I can't because I don't have enough money. And you know what? It's like, you know what? if I started becoming friends with somebody and that person was talking shit about me and that person was blaming me for all their problems, I would not want to hang out with them. And that's how money feels about a lot of people. If you yeah. keep talking shit about money, it's not going to want to hang out with you, right? You got to love money. It's got to feel, it wants to support you. And if you keep pushing it away, it's like that person you're dating, you can just keep being mean to them. And they're like trying to shower you with love. At a certain point, they're going to be like, screw you. I'm out. Right? So that's what money does. If you want yeah. to invite money in, right? You, you need to be available. Like this is a yeah. co-creation. It's a relationship. And so The relationship with money, I'm so passionate about because people don't realize how fucked their relationship with money is. And that is the thing that will change your life because your relationship with money is for sure mirroring your relationship with your romantic partner, with your friends, with your parents, with your body. It is going to be mirrored everywhere else. Right. So start with
0: your relationship with money uh, and stop blaming money. Stop blaming money. (laughs) What's one tactical thing that someone can do listening to this episode outside of journaling to shift their relationship with money.
1: I mean I want to say take my manifesting money course (laughs) Um, to be honest. That's your answer. That's your answer. Because uh, that's my that's my answer. I'll give you some other tangible things. I mean outside of like journaling and writing letters to money. I think that's the most the most powerful thing. Um, I would I would pay attention to... like how you're treating it. So I'm a big believer, like if your wallet is like you have ripped up dollar bills, like you're not treating money well, right? Like if you're missing credit card payments, you're not treating money well, right? Like it, it's like it's like a pet that you're neglecting. Right, so like, what is your what are your dollar bills look like? Are you a steward for your money, or are you looking at your bank accounts? Like, it's how you're treating it. People are afraid to look at their bank account. They're like, have this weird thing. Like, I don't want to look there. I mean, if you don't want to look at it, yeah, (laughs) if you don't want to look at it, I'm not surprised that you're not manifesting it in. Right, Right. like if if it's why would somebody want to be your bestie if you don't even want to look at them? You know, like the whole point is making money your bestie. Right, so like me and money, we're chill. We love each other. Right, we work together. <laughs> they hang out I on support. the weekends. <laughs> yeah, right. Like like we hang out on the weekends. Like I, I'm not scarce around money. I'm yeah. cir- circulating money. I'm like money, yo. Like I'm gonna be a steward for you. I'm gonna circulate it. If you're like hoarding it, or if you're like don't want to look at it, you want to talk it to it. You're you know crumpling up dollar bills. You're missing credit card payments. Money is like, well, this. Person is treating me like a piece of shit. So I don't really want to in- invest in this relationship. It's a relationship, you know? Yeah. So I would really look at how, you- how you're treating your money and start treating it better.
0: Manifestation, the long awaited question. What is manifestation? Manifestation
1: <laughs> is, man, it's creating your reality. So it is directing the flow of energy in your life to create the reality that you want.
0: How can someone say their sole desire in life, we're going to use love on this example, is to create a spouse or significant other in their life. How can they manifest that into their 3D world?
1: So the key to manifestation is authenticity. So Ooh, the love key that. to manifestation is, how, how do we manifest? It's all about attraction, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to attract in things that are of a similar frequency to me. So I don't have to know exactly like what I want to manifest. My only job is to be the most authentic version of myself because we all are, as I talked about before, like we're emitting energy. Mm -hmm. We all have a frequency. We have an aura and we call this a unique energetic signature. It's like an, it's like a blueprint right? It's like, it's like, you know, how some people have a smell and you just, you know, I have certain friends where I know if they hug me from behind, I would know exactly. It's like, I know their smell, right? It's that person. I know for sure. And so you can think about like that, that specific smell. We have that energetically. Okay. And so based on what we're radiating out, the vibration that we are radiating out, we're going to attract things in that match that that's the law of resonance, right? So we're going to attract things that are of that frequency in, but if I am living as a, an inauthentic version of myself, I am pretending to be somebody I'm really not. I'm not speaking my truth. What I'm emitting out isn't really me. So I'm not surprised if I'm going to attract in things that I'm not really fulfilled by. So if I just focus on being my most authentic self, what that does is I'm emitting my my clearest and truest unique energetic signature. So everything that's a match for the most authentic version of me is going to come straight to me. right? So that includes your divine life partner, your soulmate best friends your ideal career it's all about being the most authentic version of yourself and raising your frequency which go go hand in hand and so it's all about that that inner work you know and a lot of people are so focused on like it's like an outward focus like how do i get that person mm-hmm. to come to me you would just attract by going inward and clearing out all the things that aren't really you. That's all of the limiting beliefs. That's all of the ways that you're doling yourself down, all of the ways that you're not speaking your truth, all of the ways that you're just not being your most authentic self. And so when you are your most authentic self, you're going to be attractive to the people, the things, the experiences that are a vibrational match. And that's who you're looking for anyway.
0: I'm going to give another example here because I think there's a lot of myths that we alluded to a little bit earlier that someone's like, I want to make $50,000 and then it magically appeared in my in my bank account. It doesn't just magically appear. What's the action that someone needs to take outside of going inward, like tangible action mm-hmm. to make these manifestations come true? Because I've had people like, oh, I manifested this. And I'm like, well, you did something energetically or took action to get there. It's not like you wish upon a star and then magically it just comes comes to you. So what exactly can are people doing when that manifestation comes into their life tactically?
1: Yeah. So part of manifestation, it's I'm going to be the version of me that already has everything I desire. That's feel like it's and it's more about the feeling, like the energy of I wake up and I feel the way I want to feel. Right. Um and I'm going to act as a version of me that already has what I want. If you're making that vibrational shift of being the person that, that you want to be and I'm showing up that way then the actions we take in our in our life are going to naturally follow like the aligned action. So aligned action is a really important part of manifestation because we are co-creating. So we're always sending out energetic signals. And what people do, once again, it goes back to like if I'm just sitting on a pillow and asking the universe to deliver something like what are you doing? You're the creator. Like you, yeah. you are the co-creator. And so I've got to be like okay, you know, it's like, I don't know, we're building a fort together with the universe and I'm going to do my part. And then the universe is going to do its part. And it's following my lead. It's following my lead, but I got to take an action to be like, Hey, we're going in this direction Mm -hmm. versus, and that's where we really anchor in the decision because a lot of times people will say, Oh, I want this. And I'm like, well, you're not, you're not showing up like you want it. The thing is like when you're actually showing up, like you want it, you naturally are going to take action in alignment with it. So we have to create, like, I call them energy portals essentially like we need to create like portals or pathways for the universe to deliver what we want. So if you're sitting here and you're like oh, I want $50,000 and I'm like okay, well give me 10 ways that could happen. And you're like um I have nothing. I'm like just give me 10. Like give me 10, right? I mean and those those could be random government refund, random check from my <laughs> grandma, random check from random relative, I don't care, but you know, especially with business, I'm like if I want to manifest in money, I will. I'm like working with the universe, and I'm like, okay, let's say I want 100k in this period of time. I'm going to map out a way that that can happen. We're gonna, we could potentially have this many people enter this offer, this many people enter this offer. I could get this money here. I could get this many one-on-one. Cl- I will map out an option. So I'm like, universe portals are open, doors are open, right? I have to make sure the doors are open, and that's one possible way more often than not it doesn't come in that way it comes yeah. in a totally different way but it doesn't matter i'm basically telling my subconscious that i believe it's possible i know it's possible that's the most important thing because if you don't believe it's possible uh if you're if you're wishing you're not in the knowing it's coming versus mm-hmm. if i'm sitting there and i'm like look i have a very tangible way this could happen i know it's possible so now i'm not just in this wishing or hoping i'm i'm it's a real belief it's a knowing which is the the key thing but i'm working with the universe of like yeah you can deliver it this way or it's a, it, where this comes up it comes up a lot with business where I'm like, and I'll look at somebody's business structure and they're like, I want this much money in my business in however, period, however many days or months, whatever. And I'm like, okay, uh, let's give an example. You're only working with one-on-one clients. That's literally not possible. If that's your price, right? So you've got to change your price. you got to do something that can scale. It's literally not possible. If, yeah. if you're saying you want it to come in that door, so create a doorway. So it is possible. So the universe, if, if, If energy wants to flow in, it can. And the problem is, for most people, they have energy that wants to come in, but they don't have anywhere for it to flow in. This comes up a lot in dating. People are like, "I'm not meeting anybody." I'm like, "You're literally sitting in your house. You're you're literally (laughs) never going out. Like, there's no give. Just tell the universe, you know. And a great example of this is often, you know, people will be like, "I don't want to go on a dating app." If you're manifesting in your partner, just get on the dating app to take the action and be like, "Yo, universe, I'm serious." I'm serious, I'm doing it. I'm and and I you probably want you might not even meet somebody on that dating app. It doesn't matter if that's how you meet that person. The point is, what action can you take to show the universe you really mean it, right? It's sort of like, you know, if you have a friend or a partner who does something messed up and you're like they're like I'm going to change and you're like I'll believe it when I see it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they take an action like, okay, that person's showing up differently. That's what we've got to do with the universe. Otherwise, it's just, you're just saying it, right? You got to mean it. So, what action can you take to open up an energy portal so it's at least possible? Often that's not even how it comes in, but at that moment, you've opened up the energy so that it can flow to you.
0: You hit on something super important, <clears throat> which is oftentimes the things in our life, and you hear this a lot with people like, "I this is usually not the type of guy that I dated at all or the type of guy that I thought I was going to date, but then it showed up in this way. Why is that so important to understand when it comes to manifestation that it's not going to show up how you thought, but it's always better than what you had imagined?
1: Yeah. And I mean, sometimes it shows up as you thought, right? But more often than not... It doesn't because we are often under asking. So we often mm-hmm. like limit what's possible. We when we th- when you think about like what I'm if I'm gonna be intentional with what I'm manifesting and I'm being specific, I'm basically choosing based off of what I know, right? Just like like yeah, the what's in your logical mind. Dive. Yeah, what yeah. I, what I've seen before, what I know is possible. But there's so much out there that you don't even know is possible. And if you haven't had ex- if you haven't experienced it yet, how would you know that you want it that you want to manifest it, right? So the thing is, often we're under asking we haven't even experienced the thing that's going to make us feel the real way we want to feel. So that's really common with dating, right? So if people are like, they think it's the person's going to have this type of job and this type of family and maybe live in this location. And then they get delivered this person and they are feeling exactly the, the way they wanted to feel forever. And they're like, wait, this is not what I expected. Well, you just didn't know what you really needed. Right. And so mm-hmm. this is the difference between like our I guess our ego in some ways of like, okay, I'm manifesting from my ego a little bit here because this is all I know um, versus the universe or higher self will deliver something even better. And you just didn't even know it was possible. Right. So that's why we have to be open because sometimes we're unintentionally settling. This is a really common thing. Like it could get delivered in and something could get delivered in and it looks exactly as you expected it to. So you're like, yes, this is it. Right. Uh, But you don't necessarily feel the way that you want it to feel. And you're like, but Mm -hmm. this was everything I wanted on paper. And it was like, well, that's because you just settled because you went based on what you expected rather than what was actually possible for you. And we don't even know everything that's possible for us, which is what's so exciting about life. You know, it's like how people say like you haven't even met the best person in your life yet, or you haven't even had the best moments of your life yet. Like that is what, what it is to understand manifestation. Like it's, it's always better than what you could even dream of. But if you're only, Accepting things that you're familiar with, you're never opening yourself up to the opportunity to experience something that's even better.
0: What's the biggest mistake that people make when manifesting something into their life? The biggest mistake they make, um, I would say,
1: I have a lot of things on my mind. You can get more than one. Um, Not trusting their intuition. uh, And what i mean that's the way you manifest quickly and the thing is that it, like not trusting your intuition goes hand in hand with like what i call like, it's like judging the next step you know so let's say i'm like oh i i really manifesting um this much money or this career or this person you have to understand that once you've set your intention and you've aligned with that timeline everything in your reality is shifting to guide you there okay so you might wake up tomorrow morning and the example I always use is a grocery store because I swear to God this is it happens to me all the time. I like wake up and I love food. And so I'll, perfect. Yeah, I'll like I'll I'll be like I don't I and I always go to this one grocery store like down my street. It's like where I go, and I, I'll be like I don't know why I really feel like I need to go to like the Trader Joe's like, thirty minutes away. I'm like, why would I go? That makes no sense. So there, there will be things that will be that you'll be guided to do, and you're like, that makes no sense, and that's inconvenient. So I'm not going to do it. That's where you're missing out on the shortcut to receiving what you want. But there's a reason why your intuition is guiding you there. So it's, or it could be like, I don't know why I just feel like. I always lift weights, and I just really want to start doing a dance class. Like that's random, and because it seems random, and you're busy, you're like, I don't know, I'll deal with it later. Listen to it. You're probably gonna bump in your husband at the dance class, you know, like, or you're gonna bump it. I swear to God, this has happened to me so many times at the Zumba grocery store. She's doing yeah. so much. Literally, you never know, right? Or, or like, you're on the you're on the way to the dance class, and like uh you know or afterwards you go to eat dinner and then you bump into him there like the universe is conspiring and trying to get you there the fastest way it's all synchronicities and it doesn't yeah. make any sense you know i had this one like this is one of my favorite stories um and it was earlier in my career and i was doing more like um food blogging and stuff uh and in nutrition and I like really needed a cash injection. I was like, I just really need ten thousand dollars. It's really need ten thousand dollars, and I had that hit to go to some random grocery store. And I went to this grocery store, and I bumped into this person that was selling these dairy-free ice creams. It was a new company, and I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I'm tasting it. I'm like, oh, you know, I work in this space. Like, we should connect. And I got an email later that day, and they literally offered me a ten K brand deal. And I was like, whoa! Like, if I hadn't gone to the grocery store, I wouldn't have met that person you know? Um, Or, and sometimes it's not exactly that opportunity, but it's, you meet someone or bump into somebody who then later introduces you to this person. And then that, it's like, these are all of the strings Mm -hmm. of synchronicities that you cannot plan. Manifestation, if you want to manifest successfully, you have to understand that you can't plan for it. It's all miraculous. It's serendipitous. So you have to follow your intuition. Don't follow your logic because a lot Mm -hmm. of things that are going to get you there faster will not make any sense. So if you keep getting pulled to, I don't know, Try a new instrument or hang out with a different group of friends or take a random trip. Listen to it. None of it is random, right? It's your intuition trying to get you closer to what you're calling in. Uh, and does it doesn't all make
0: sense? Because it's the shortcut. She was the very first person because I, in my past, had always been very logic led. And I listened to one of your videos or on YouTube and it was talking about tuning into your intuition. And I've always been someone that's been fairly intuitive. Like I knew a few months before my two bosses were going to go like, I'll just randomly get like kind of weird downloads of like, okay, something's about to shift. Like something's about to change in your life. I just don't know what or when. Um, But I'm someone that always really leaned with logic and tuning into my intuition truly has been one of the biggest things that I've done a lot through meditation. How does someone know that it's their intuition talking to them and not their ego or logic. Cause I think it can be a little convoluted if you're not a super inward focused human being.
1: Yeah. Well, it's a skill to develop, I, I would say, to be able to discern that more easily. Like that doesn't always happen over time. So the more time you spend meditating, journaling, and just getting to know yourself, Spending time with your soul, the easier it is to discern when that's your soul, right? So it's like it's like if I talk to a friend a lot and I hear their voice, I'm going to be like, oh, I know the person's voice. If you don't know the voice of your soul, you're not going to be able to recognize it, right? Mm-hmm. So the more time you're like talking to it and connecting with it, you're going to be able to recognize the difference. Um, and what I like to do is always create space for both of those. So like when you're first developing this discernment. And you could be meditating or journaling, just giving yourself some space to let things rise. And let's say you're asking a question like, what do I want to do here Um, in whatever situation? Say, say, okay, ego, what do you want to say? (laughs) And then write it out or speak it out. And then be like, okay, soul self, now what do you want to say? And see if something else comes up, right? You can trace back the why. Like, okay, I, I'm kind of starting from this, like I had this experience and then that taught me this, and then it's leading me here. You can trace back the why it's like a linear train of thought. The download of intuition just like pops in and there's no, no there's nothing behind it. There's no thought process getting there. It just mm-hmm. drops in. Right. And for a lot of people, it will be much more connected to their body, right? This is where getting to know your body and your, your feelings like can, can help a lot. It's, can feel like that that gut feeling or you're just pulled in that direction. Um, that can be really helpful as well. You the more you spend time with this, you'll start to notice that, like I'll use myself as an example. There's a different texture and tone and feeling connected with both. So my ego is more or my logic is more fear-based. Mm-hmm. I can explain to myself how I got there. It also feels like it's literally coming from like the front of my head for me. And it has a Intense tone, like it has just a more intense tone and it's a little more militant, <laughs> I will say. Yeah. My soul, my intuition for me feels like it's coming from my heart space or the very top of my head or like the very back of my neck, like that kind of space. It feels a little deeper, it has a softer tone, it's much more neutral and loving. Like, even because even when it delivers intense information, my feeling around it is after I receive it. So if the if what's coming up is like it, like an energy of fear, like, don't do that, oh my God, it's not gonna work. That is your fear, that's not your intuition. Your intuition is not fear-based, it is based in love. And so it's very neutral and loving. If you have a fear response, it will be after that comes forward. It's like, oh shit, I've got to do that. It's like, you know, your intuition is like, you need to leave your job and do this full time. And you hear that and you're like, whoa, and then you process it and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> Right. That was your intuition. And that any of that reaction that was that was like more fear was after that came in. So you can start to recognize like it can feel a little different can sound a little different. It can have a different texture and tone. Uh, One is more neutral or loving and one is more fear based. And then also, can I trace it back?
0: I love that response. And that definitely resonates a lot with me because I noticed a lot of the decisions I was making when I thought I was in this logic brain were based off of fear. So I once I started to make that switch and turn in more and more inward more, I noticed that what was meant for me and my intuition was always coming from a place of love or for my highest good rather than a fear-based decision that a lot of times didn't lead me where I needed to go. So I felt like that was an easy way. A few more questions. I want to be respectful of your time. Um, I know you mentioned this on your podcast and kind of leading off of or building off of intuition. I think our childlike self has a lot to do with what we do later in life. And you mentioned that you were super creative and outgoing and talked a lot when you were a little kid. And then it got suppressed as you grew a little bit older. How did you tap back into that childlike nature and that spirituality within you after suppressing it for so long because of outside opinions? I think this is something a lot of people... uh can resonate with?
1: Yeah, man, that's a good question. Um, It was a process. You know, it was a process and I first had to release a lot of emotion just to kind of, cause I was pretty shelled up. You know, I had a lot of suppressed emotion. I was, I call it like I was numb. I was pretty numb. And so I had to re- like, kind of go through that healing phase. Mm-hmm. And I would say like getting back in touch with my childlike creative self, I set that intention and I started doing things that I used to like to do as a kid. So I thought about like, what did I enjoy as a child? Like me in particular, what what made me feel cozy? And I would have, I love having inner child days for sure. I'm like, I'll have a day where I'm like in my PJs, I'm eating PB&Js, I'm watching cartoons. I'm like you know, drawing things that are horrible, but it's fun, like whatever it is. So I just think about all of the things that I used to have fun doing or like, it, it feels like I'm a little kid and I give that to myself, um, playing a lot more. And you think about, I was saying, I was telling one of my friends this the other day, I'm like, remember when we grew up and we used to just do random shit? Like every time we hung out, we did a random shit that mm. was so fun. And we were just like creative and it was like different every time. And then you become an adult and you do the same things every single time. Like you just sit there and you talk or you like go on a walk. And it's like, it's not bad, but we, we don't ever like live in the energy of surprise anymore mm. or just like kind of mess around a little bit. Like getting messy is really powerful. So anything that gets those creative juices flowing, I think a big part of this though, like really getting back in touch with that is I really had to pay attention to who I was hanging out with. Mm -hmm. And so for me to get back in touch with my inner child, I stopped hanging out with a lot of people, to be honest. And I started hanging out with, I either hung out by myself and did inner child stuff, or I was intentionally hanging out with people who were very connected to their inner child and who like, we could kind of be in that energy together. Like they were a lot more playful and didn't take things as seriously. So it's going to be really hard to connect with your inner child, everybody around you is, you know, all serious and like in their overly adult energy, but it's your, it's your inner child. It's your creative energy, like where inspiration flows from. It's what makes life fun again. You know, so I had to really change who I was hanging out with, um, and just do more of those activities I loved as a kid.
0: Super important to tap back into I ask guests a lot like what did you think of this as a child a lot of them are like oh I wanted to be a a singer when I was older oh I wanted to host something and then now they're doing that just in a very different form so it's funny those things that you say a little kid really do come to fruition and come to manifestation because it's from your core and who you are before you have those tainted beliefs and people telling you who you should be in this world rather than who you really are at your core
1: totally
0: kids are very Kids
1: are very, very wise. And it's like, Uh we don't have, we don't have all of those limiting beliefs Mm -hmm. already. Like like a child just know, like I can do anything I want. I could fly. Right. And so there's nothing blocking them. It's like the whole world is my oyster. And as adults, we again, once again, like we limit what we ask for. We limit what we believe is possible. And so when you're a kid, your intuition can come through and your intuition just knows, oh, I want to do X, Y, Z. Uh, So, I mean, there's so much wisdom in ourselves, our, our inner child, and also just kids in general, like pay attention to them. They're very smart.
0: My favorite is when you're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be an astronaut. I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll shoot you to the moon. I would love yeah, to do that. Do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For someone out there that's Going down this spirituality path, I think there can be, I've even had a few like, oh, that's very woo-woo or oh, this is too much. I think there can be a negative connotation around what you're doing in work. For someone that's tapping into this energy and starting to go down this path, what's one piece of advice that you would give them on embarking on their spiritual journey?
1: I, well, I want to address the like negative connotation with it, actually. Um, I think it's connected, right? Because it's like Mm -hmm. the only people that have a negative reaction to it are people who are afraid of their own inner truth. Like people who are somewhere in victim mindset. They're Mm -hmm. afraid of people seeing the real them, right? Like people, they don't want their paradigm to shift. They like their comfort zone. Right. Or they've had a very intense spiritual experience that they're afraid of. Yeah. That because they, they don't know what it means because it doesn't fit in their worldview and they'd rather stay what they think is safe and comfortable, which is really just limiting themselves, than facing it. And I will tell you, anybody that's had a very serious negative reaction to me, it has come out every single time that that person has had very profound spiritual experiences that didn't know what to do with them and wanted to run away from them and run away from themselves. So of course they're going to run away from somebody like me because that's what yeah. I represent, right? Or like anybody who gets triggered by me, people will get triggered because I'm psychic because they they think I can read their thoughts. And I'm like, well, why? I can't read your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, that's not how that works. <laughs> but, also, but also, even if I can, right? Even if I could, wh- you're running away because you don't want anybody to know what you really think. That's not about me. That's about you. Yeah. Right. Um. And so I would think about like, and when people are insecure about their spiritual journey or the woo stuff, or that's too far, it's like, that's some shit within ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, like, why are, why are you insecure about, about speaking your truth or owning who you are? Like, why is this weird? Why is it weird? It's, it's the realest thing. It actually works, you know? And I feel like for me, that's something that I really, want to shift the energy around because i think that people have created this this stigma around intuitives or energy healers and it's like oh we're all living off in the forest and like running around naked and like howling at the mood. i don't know what the what the <laughs> hell people think and i'm like i am a very successful yeah. owner of multiple companies i'm extremely grounded i work with top level ceos in all over the world right like I, i'm like this shit works You know? And so the more people that are, and what I will tell you is the highest achievers in the world are all using these tools, Mm -hmm. right? The government is using these tools, right? Like everybody's, people have astrologers. They plan things out psychically. They plan things out according to numerology. Uh, Every high level CEO I know who's successful, they have a spiritual team. They have an energy healer. They have an intuitive, they have a body worker. Like if you want to know how the highest achievers ach- achieve things, like they have a support system mm-hmm. and everybody is using these tools, just not everybody's talking about it, right? And um, if you're not, like and I'm speaking from the entrepreneurship space because that's not what I know well, yeah. and that was one of the big reasons why I let myself go into this because I had gotten to know so many different founders and CEOs and I started to realize, wait, how come every CEO I know who's super successful who I would want to build a business like is into the woo stuff? And so I was like, "Oh, that's the same, same. right? Exactly so for me. me. To me, to me, they go hand in hand. And every every entrepreneur I know who avoids it, they hate their lives, <laughs> right? They they grind their way there. They're not happy. They have no boundaries. Like it's a very clear correlation. So if if and I think that's important for people to know, especially if they're they're new in into entrepreneurship, because people might have this idea. It's like, no, no, no. go behind the scenes of like the top performers, top achievers, like most successful CEOs. They have they have that support team. So this isn't something that people." People are doing this. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really important for people to understand. And it's like, if there's a tool, you might as well use it, right? Especially when it is so, so effective.
0: Um, So I, I need to go on that rant, but what was the original gl- question? Like, I'm glad did you-, you did. Yeah. Yeah. One, yeah. What's one piece of advice that you would give someone that's going down the spiritual path?
1: My piece of advice would be to get comfortable with releasing things. because. You cannot step into your highest self and and create the reality you want by holding on to all the things you're comfortable with right now. Like, and that's the harsh truth. But people people want a different reality, but they don't want to let go of anything. Mm-hmm. They don't want to change their relationships. They don't want to change their living situation. They don't want to change their beliefs. They want everything to stay the same, but they want it to be different makes no sense. So if you're really on the path of transformation, like, you know, it, that's the most difficult part emotionally about the spiritual path. It's like you will create the most incredible things in your life, like things that, I mean, I wake up every day and I'm like you just can't make this shit up. Like it's insane. Yeah. I'm so grateful for my life every day. It feels like it's a movie. It's just unreal. It's unreal. What what drops in and what happens and I'm so grateful and I love it so much. But the the path that I have taken to create that for myself I have had to make some really uncomfortable releases. I have had mm-hmm. to release relationships. I have had to shut down businesses. You know, burn everything down that I built. Like I've had to make some really bold decisions. I've had to, you know, say yes to myself, which meant sometimes other people got pissed off, and I had to be okay with that. Uh, but what I would say is the most common thing that blocks people from creating the reality they want and really stepping into their full power and their gifts. Is often relationships, and so whatever that thing is that you're so afraid is going to change, you're going to lose. Whether it's uh, your, you know, a career changing, or a business ending, or a friendship needing to end, or what's going to happen with your family. And as I'm saying this, if somebody's listening, and you can already feel in your gut, you're thinking about somebody. You're like, shit. Like, there's a reason that's coming up because yeah. maybe there's a piece of you that knows that person isn't fully supportive, or I have a shitty relationship with that thing, or I, I know that what got me here can't get me there. Right. And so if you're raising your frequency, then the only thing that can happen is that everything in your reality is going to shift vibrationally. So relationships are going to change. So I think that that's something that I wish somebody had said bluntly to me sooner rather than later, because I really got myself stuck because I was trying to hold on to Mm. a lot of people and things because I was afraid to let go. But it was letting go of the scariest things that then created the space for everything that I really wanted to come directly to me. And my biggest manifestations have come on the other side of my scariest releases. So, you know, the question is, are are you willing to, to
0: leave good to get great? What positive note, and this is a selfish question, but what positive note? Because I lost my job, and it's funny, and you did a YouTube video that I listened to like right before that happened. If someone's going through a time where they feel like they've let go of a relationship, a job, or whatever it is that they're holding on to, what piece of advice would you give them on holding on during that waiting or during that surrender period before that manifestation or that next thing comes into their life? Yeah, I mean,
1: I would say my heart, my heart goes out to you because that space is uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, everything's coming up. That's got to come up. Right. And it's like, it can be very emotional. And the best thing you can do is just be in surrender and feel your feels and like, feel your fear, or f- like feel all the emotions, whatever it is. It's part of the transformation process. It's mm-hmm. like when a caterpillar is in a chrysalis, that shit is not comfortable. It is not, but it's worth it to become a butterfly. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's not comfortable in there. Mm-hmm. And Vibrationally, and this is the thing that always brings me comfort. Like, vibrationally, the only thing that can happen is that something better comes in. Like, that's the only thing that can happen. And the way that energy shifts and moves, it's like there's usually, we see this, and like tarot covers the, the main themes or archetypes we go through in our lives. And we call this like a tower moment. The tower card in tarot is like everything falls apart. The tower moment happens, everything falls apart right before you get the world, you get the sun, you get the star, everything comes in right? Because anything that is not resonant with the reality, like the dream reality you really want has to be cleared, has to go mm-hmm. away, right? So when you're releasing, you know, in, in my book, they use the example of like, you're a balloon, you're naturally high frequency, and you're holding onto weights that are pulling you down. So when you cut the string, you can just rise up. And so every time, like when you're releasing that job or you're releasing that relationship, there's an emotion that comes with that. It's a death, you know, part of our cycle living here, like we're going to go through consistent death and rebirth cycles Mm -hmm. in our lives, right? So we can honor that and feel that, but then also realize, okay, when I just cut that weight, I, my frequency is rising in this weird void space. Everything is shifting energetically vibrationally. The universe is doing so much work for me. Everything else, things have got to clear, new things are coming in, people are being sent. So a lot of stuff that's got to get sorted out in the physical, which is why things can feel a little wonky for a hot sec, right? Because things take longer to manifest in the physical. The energy is recalibrating. All I need to do is focus on supporting myself and doing what I need to do to take care of myself. And on the other side of that, because I've just cut that weight. I'm at a higher frequency and now the only thing that can happen is things, my reality is going to shift to be in alignment with a higher frequency, which means better opportunities are coming in, better people are coming in. So like when you understand quantum physics, yeah. which energy, science, right? so people are like the science, I'm like, let me tell you the science, the science is quantum physics. Okay. <laughs> Every, everything is made of energy. That's how it is. Um, if you understand quantum physics, you understand that the only thing that can happen on the other side of, of that release is something better can come in because
0: you just created space for it. Two final questions. You are uh, amazing at this. I could sit here for three hours. What's one you just touched on, taking care of yourself? What's one thing that you do for yourself, both personally and professionally, to take care of yourself, whether it's a wellness hack, a certain thing that you eat to ground yourself and come back to center?
1: Man, there's a lot of things. Um, You know what I'm going to say is boundaries. Ooh. Like boundaries are my, my top form of self-care and self-love. I have extreme boundaries and not everybody likes it, but it's the way that I stay sane. Mm-hmm. It's the way that I show up for myself and other people. I could not show up for other people in the way that I do with the depth that I do if I didn't first and foremost do that for myself. And if I have everybody tugging on me or everybody feels like they have access to me all the time, it's just, I'm going to be way too drained or exhausted. You know, so my boundaries are the number one thing. Like I have certain times I will not look at my phone. If I'm on a platform, I'm on one platform and then I'm done and I'm gone. Right. Like I don't, I often don't answer texts for like two to three weeks. It just, it is what it is, right? I have priorities. I have my time in the evening. I have my time in the morning. I'm like very, I'm very boundaried because I know what I need for my energetic and mental health. And I need that space just for myself. And that's a space where I ground in. So I would say like the top thing I do um, for sure for my mental health, but for my physical health. To be a successful entrepreneur and run multiple businesses uh, and produce the amount that I produce, I have to be boundaryed, and I love my boundaries. And that is my top form of self-care.
0: I love that. I was just talking about boundaries earlier. So no coincidence on that one either. Where can people find you? I know you have a book that's launching by the time that this podcast will be out. So pimp yourself out. Where can people find you? Give us all the details.
1: Yeah. So you can find me everywhere at Christina, the channel on Instagram, YouTube. My website is Christina, the My podcast is Christina, the channel podcast. So I'm pretty easy to find. Um, my first book is called manifestation mastery. You can get that on Amazon. And then my new book is called pain, love, and purpose. It's actually a poetry book uh, and it's about turning your pain into your purpose. So that one is releasing 11, 11, 2022. So definitely check that one out as well if you're interested.
0: Love that. Love all the synchronicities. I see a lot of those uh, every single day, all the signs. The last question I ask every single person is, Christina, what are you grateful for today?
1: Today, I am so grateful for my friends. I was just thinking about this this morning. I was like, I'll do my gratitude in the morning. I'll sit there and I will literally cry like Aww. out of gratitude. And I just am so grateful for like I can think of specific people in my head, but like my friend group, my friends are so supportive, so loving. And for so much of my life, I felt so lonely. I felt misunderstood. I felt like the oddball out. I felt like I would never meet people who could actually meet me or see me mm-hmm. or or be there for me. I always felt like I was there for everybody else and not people weren't really there for me. And I just feel so grateful for the friends I have, the people I've attracted in. Like I never knew that type of like Friendship was even possible, and I, everybody in my life, I feel that that love and depth with. So, I feel so solid in in that area, and like my friends are family to me. So, I'm just really, really grateful for my friends.
0: Oh, that was so good and so in depth. And I am going to say that I am grateful for Dallas and everything that it's given me over the last few years. I just put my notice in to leave in in sixty days. So I'm like, it's getting very real. So, thank you so much for being on. You are amazing.